We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. The Pips, the players, the hustlers, the people at Boston, and everybody else in between. Rolling it down. Monday night uh, meltdown style as we pick up the pieces of following the Buffalo Bill beat down over the bullies that were the New England uh, Patriots as uh, the Buffalo Bills roll into Foxborough and destroy uh, the Patriots. 38-9 final score. They slay a dragon and a beast that had tormented them uh, for the last 18 uh, plus years. And if you're not buying in right now uh, to the Buffalo Bills, well, quite frankly, I really don't care. But you're clearly not paying attention to the Buffalo Bills' uh, dominance over the last uh, two weeks, according to stats by stats sent to us uh, by Rageaholic, Buffalo Bills uh, and Bills Mafia fan Pete steps up and in, courtesy of stats by stats. The Buffalo Bills went to Denver and outgained the Broncos by 279 yards. Tonight, they went to Foxborough and outgained the Patriots by 273 yards. Yeah, so what, uh, you say? So what? I say they're the first team to play back-to-back games on the road and outgain their opponents by 250-plus yards in both games since the Houston Oilers in 1961. That's right, since 1961. And if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, and I guess from that Mahomes guy as well, Josh Allen's your MVP, baby. Josh Allen continues uh, to light it up. His eighth uh, game of 300 or more uh, passing yards. Um, Precise uh, footballs, good decision uh, making. And uh, I don't care about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, reputation. The Buffalo Bills are as difficult to beat as anybody in the National Football League uh, right now. Does it mean they're going to win a Super Bowl? No. Uh, But there's more uh, to the universe and the galaxy than just uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. The Green Bay Packers are a damn good football team. The Seattle Seahawks are a damn good football team. And the Buffalo Bills are a damn good football team. Uh, you know who's not a very good team, though, right now? Uh, the New England Patriots. Patriots are not very good, but uh, don't worry about it. They don't have any fans, right? Like, uh, I don't know, they had fans when they were winning and stuff like that, but they don't have any fans uh, right now. It's funny how that works, uh, actually. Uh, are we going to get any uh, video running up uh, here? Or is this like um, the nightly optional type of deal? As we step up and in on the Monday night uh, meltdown. I should just start doing this show naked. Like, I don't know. Video doesn't seem to work. Anyways, bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Football, the goal line. Baseball, home plate. Basketball, the net. Sports talk right here. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked 
16 bucks. <laughs> what a windfall. Yeah. yeah I really still feel tingly. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust up, and everybody else in between. As uh, we pick up the pieces uh, following uh, Monday night uh, football. Uh, but, yeah, the Bills beat the Patriots, whatever. We knew they were going to beat the uh, the Patriots. The big story is India and Australia. India wins the Boxing Day test match in Melbourne to level the series at 1-1. So, in other words, Boxing Day is like the day after Christmas. So, these crazy bastards have been playing cricket for like four days. They've been playing cricket for like uh, four days. That's the thing. If you bet on cricket, you better be careful. All right? You better be careful whether to understand, is it like a, is it one of the six-day marathon matches? Is it only going to be like 18 hours, eight hours? Like a cricket match is longer than a freaking uh, Bruce Springsteen concert. All right? Um, let's bring in a man right now who, I don't know, Paul Bovey's a man of the world, actually. Paul Bovey's a man of the world, and I assume he's probably seen Bruce Springsteen live, and uh, he's probably been to a cricket match live before. And in fact, um, he might be joining us from India right now. Paul Bovey steps up for that. What's up, Paul? I did see Bruce Springsteen at the Hollywood Sportatorium. I don't remember how long ago was it. My brain was polluted, but it was a great show. But in the meantime, I pulled my Lou Picone bobblehead out of the closet. I'm wondering if I could put this on eBay and get some money for it. What do you think, Gabe? I think it's time to pull the Jim Kelly bobblehead out of the uh, out of the closet. I mean, we'll get some money for that as a Buffalo Bill memorabilia is going to start to pick up uh, right now. The Buffalo Bill circling the wagons as Paul Bovey steps up and in. Yeah, have you ever bet on cricket before, Paul? You ever have you ever bet no, on cricket? I, yeah. There's, there's plenty of options out there. Without me getting involved in something, I have no idea. Uh, how to go about doing. So I'll just stand pat and leave it to the pros like you. Oh, yeah. Oh, pros. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> far, far from it. <laughs> I, I'm not, uh, I don't, don't, do not uh, confuse that. But yeah, cricket, though, is basically, it's basically like baseball for like uh, Australian, Pakistani, and Indian people. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, it's like baseball. You know what I mean? Like, you know, every sport is like another sport. Uh, cricket is basically baseball, except they're more hardcore. It's longer. They're crazier, and they don't wear gloves. Um, you know, they're like they're they're more hardcore. <laughs> so that's what I describe cricket to people. I'm like, I don't know. It's like hardcore baseball, man, where they're all nut jobs and they don't wear gloves. Real <laughs> old, <laughs> real old school. So uh, Buffalo Bills get it done, and all we hear on a weekly basis from everybody is how the Bills are in a bad spot, letdown situation. Oh, you know, they were on TV last week, all this week and that week. But if there's one thing that the Bills have done great this year, and I credit the coaching staff and the players, but the coaching staff is the Bills are focused every week, right? They're, they, you know, they don't let up. They've been focused every week. They've had, you know, they haven't been perfect this year, and they gave up a Hail Mary late. But on a week-by-week basis, they haven't mailed many games in. Their worst games of the year were during when their schedule got whacked by COVID earlier very consistent offensive football team right now. The defense is starting to dial it up, Paul. We talk about them on a weekly basis, but you know they're looking damn good, brother. Look, this is, uh, in my opinion, the most prolific 
balanced offense. They're getting some production out of the running game with Moss and Singletary tonight. Took a while to get that going, but it just looked like they wanted to keep running it up tonight. And uh, they let the running game take over in the fourth quarter. But, uh, hey, uh, what can you say about the Buffalo Bills? Clearly, uh, at the top of the AFC right now, it's hard to make a case that the Chiefs are much better than them if they're better than them at all. Because I feel as though the Bills have an edge on defense. Their corners are better. Their linebackers are better. And you could certainly make an argument that their receivers are better. There will be some people that would say that Patrick Mahomes is much better than Josh Allen. But I would would beg to differ. Well, listen, Mahomes is great. And Josh Allen, you know, Josh Allen is playing great right now. But in in a 60-minute setting, in a 60 minutes of football, in a a three-and-a-half-hour setting, you know, greatness doesn't really matter. It just matters about being the better team on that day. And if you look at Kansas City, and it's not only Buffalo, but if you look at the AFC, like, is there anyone else in the AFC? Like, who do you think comes out of the AFC, KC or Buffalo? Or do you think it, you know, is it a Tennessee? Does a Baltimore get hot? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, oh, the, the Bills are a lock to win the Super Bowl, but I do think they're on a collision course, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs right now in the AFC Conference Championship game. Would they hey, win the Super Bowl? Thanks for calling after? the Fantasy Sports Radio. I don't know. Would they win the Super Bowl after? I don't know. There is no other teams in the AFC that can compete. Look, the Tennessee Titans have zero pass rush, and that's going to be their downfall. The Steelers are an absolute joke. They were lucky to win the game yesterday uh, by virtue of a 2-0 turnover deficit and some help by the referees. The Colts were whistled for 83 yards and penalties, two very questionable interference calls. There's just nobody in the AFC that can compete. Those two teams, in my opinion, the Chiefs and the Bills, are light years better than the competition. All right, Paul Bovey uh, covers experts uh, kicking with us. Well, Paul, it's a lot of football uh, to get to, a lot of games uh, to get to. It's going to be a crazy-ass uh, Week 17 in the National Football League. Hard to believe that uh, there's so much at stake. Said uh, It's actually pretty cool, and it's not watered down. You know, they added a playoff spot, but it's not watered down in the AFC at all. You know, there's a possibility of an 11-win team not getting into the playoffs. So you can't say, well, they let everybody in. Like baseball, it was kind of anticlimactic. Oh, look, cool. the, the Blue Jays are a playoff team. Yeah, whatever. They're a sub-500 team. Like you can say they're in the playoffs if you want, but it doesn't mean they're good, right? Like, you know, oh, the Reds are these teams. Yeah, this is legitimate, and... Man, like so many games across the board have big ramifications. Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, and including the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins actually still. That's, you know, the crazy thing. As good as the Bills are, the Dolphins aren't letting up right now. But, um, you know, let's let's jump in with the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants and this train wreck of a division. How do you think this thing uh, plays out? Look, the the Cowboys exploited that Eagle defense yesterday. They lost several players uh, during the game, the Eagles did. And I was on the Eagles yesterday. I was on the over, and I should have gotten out. Fletcher Cox went out of the game. Uh, They were missing uh, Duke Riley, linebacker. 
Uh, Derek Barnett did not play five and a half sacks. Too many holes on defense. Dallas looked a lot better than they really are. Andy Dalton, I think he was 22 or 30 for 377. And the number opened up one, has drifted up to two and a half, and rightfully so, based on recency. But I think the Giants are going to compete here. I'm not writing the Giants off on the strength of the Cowboys' one victory this past week over a depleted Eagles uh, defensive team. And uh, the Cowboys have their own defensive issues. Uh, it, it, Van Der Esch is out. They lost Xavier Woods. I think the Giants are going to compete here. I don't think they're as bad as uh, what they showed on Sunday. Look for a close game. Yeah, you know what? The Giants are the dark horse that nobody talk about, even though there's only it's a three-horse race right now. But I don't think Washington's going to win. I actually think that uh, I think Philadelphia is going to beat them. I mean, it all could be meaningless what happened earlier today, but yeah, I think Philadelphia is going to beat them. So we got Paul Bovey's thoughts on the other side uh, here. 2020 comes to a close. Not soon enough. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talking about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Late night anger management class continues. I'm Renzi. Bet your age. Paul Bovey comes expert kicking with us. George Kurtz uh, will join us a little bit later on. Pete Annapolis throws it down with us. We'll get into some NBA a little bit later on with Coach Pete, Pistol Pete uh, Annapolis, uh, former assistant with the UMass uh, Minutemen. Um, all right, so we're talking NFL football. I want to get into some college football with Paul Bovey as well. But, uh, Paul, looking at Week 17 of the National Football League, looking at the uh, the numbers as they sit uh, right now, let me just blast through some of the key ones. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Atlanta Falcons, who gave the Chiefs all they can handle, total 50-and-a-half. Ravens lay 11-and-a-half to Cincinnati. Must-win situation for the Baltimore Ravens. Totals 44-and-a-half. Dallas Cowboys, number keeps going up, guys, up to uh, – Pokes, minus three right now. And, you know, are the Giants the sleepers that nobody's talking about? Giants win the division if they beat Dallas and Philadelphia beats Washington. Curious number here, uh, Paul, with the Cleveland Browns laying seven to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And listen, if the Bills lose next week and the Steelers would win next week, the Steelers would get the two seed. I don't know if people are just discounting what the two seed means, but even though you don't get to buy, it still means an extra home game uh, for you before you would have to go on the road. What do you make about some of the point spreads that I've talked about uh, so far? 
First of all, I want to just comment on that Washington game. I had I had Carolina on Sunday. I had the uh, Skins team total under, and uh, part of that, uh, which played into it, was uh, the quarterback situation and the fact that Terry McLaurin didn't play. But they got back Antonio Gibson. You've got McKissick at running back. If they get back McLaurin and Alex Smith plays, they're going to beat the Eagles. The Eagles were looked terrible on defense. On Sunday, as I mentioned, their offense completely stalled 14 points early. They managed a whopping three points for the duration, and Washington <laughs> will win the game if Alex Smith plays. And it's a perfect Cinderella story, Gabe. I mean, you got Ron Rivera, Alex Smith uh, wins, uh, wins the game, gets into the playoffs. It's perfect. As far as the Steelers go, Gabe, look. This is a must-win game for the Browns, and there's been a lot of criticism heaped on Baker Mayfield, and I really don't think it's deserved. The guy has played great. He was without all his weapons yesterday in terms of skill positions at the wide receiver. It was a lot of the tight end and running backs, and uh, Kareem Hunt dropped an easy pass. Just everything worked against him. Cleveland should be favored over the Steelers. I'm not saying the Steelers won't try, but let's face it. The Steelers aren't that good. Probably they played their best game of the season early on against these Browns. And I think this time around, Baker Mayfield will get it right as long as the pieces of the offensive line are back in place and he gets a few of those weapons back as well. Yeah, you're right. I can't I can't dispute the fact it's hard to have confidence in the Steelers. You know, they scored three touchdowns in a span of um, of like, what was it, like four minutes or whatever the hell it was. You know, it was it was crazy. So, you know, they, they flipped the script quickly in that game. Didn't mean they solved all their problems, but Pittsburgh have owned these guys over the years, like literally and figuratively owned them. And Cleveland have to prove it to me first. That, you know, all right, win the game, fine, but to win the game by eight points, it's a lot of points. I don't know if Pittsburgh's just going to roll over and say, all right, Cleveland, beat us up because it's a feel-good story for you guys uh, to make the playoffs. I'm I, I'm just surprised by that number. So what do, you, what do you think about the Bears and the Packers number here? Where the Packers are laying six, Packers are laying six against the Chicago Bears. You know, so there's no assumption, oh, the Packers are going to take it easier. Packers trying to lock up the top seed. It's still convoluted there, but they can with the win here. And then the Bears get in if they win this game. The Bears have been on a roll. What are you making a Bears and a Packer game right now with the Bears getting uh, six points? I think it's the right number. In fact, I think uh, probably four and a half, five is the right number. Yeah, I understand. The Packers looked great last night on that uh, engulfed, snow-engulfed field, Lambeau. 40 to 14, pretty easy win over a defenseless, defenseless Tennessee team that really hasn't stopped uh, many uh, teams this year. And Green Bay looked good, but if you go back, they stalled against Carolina. They stalled against Detroit. It came down to a last drive. They haven't looked impressive throughout the year. At times, they've been faulty on defense. And look, the Bears are a story right now. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is a story. He's completed, what, 65% of his passes in the last few weeks. 
Uh, seven touchdowns, only one interception. So the Bears have really done a 180 here, and it would be a great story if the Bears did come back and make the playoffs. But look, the Packers have incentive. They want to hold serve. They want all roads to come through Lambeau Field. It is important to them because their defense is not very good, and I think they really stand to benefit by those home playoff games, and they need those home playoff games. As good as Aaron Rodgers is, they need those home playoff games. And, and speaking, you're exactly right. It's such a massive difference. And speaking of home playoff games, too, the Buffalo Bills, if they would would end up being the two seed, they would end up being the two seed. All right, so you don't get the bye, but you could host a couple of playoff games before being forced to go on the road. And it appears as if, though, I don't know, you can never predict what Cuomo was going to do in the state of New York, uh, but he seems to bend over backwards for Western New York more than New York City and the New York City area, right? You know, quite frankly, he panders to them. So, I mean, he he puts the bills in in his political spots. He has been supportive of the city of Buffalo, um, you look, they're allowed sports betting up there, but not in New York City for whatever crazy reason. Um, however, that makes sense. I could go on, uh, Paul, as you know. But with that being stated, I think they are going to let some fans in um, for the Bills playoff games. They brought it up on the broadcast tonight. There's a big push for it. And I think, you know, it'll be cool. You'll get 10,000 people in there or whatever. Just add a little, a little flavor uh, to this. Um, and not to go, you know, all the way back to the Buffalo Bills, but Paul, they're doing some special things, man. You know, I remember earlier in the year I was talking about the Bills were like the first team. There was only three teams ever to basically have 20 or more first downs in their first eight games. And the last two teams to do that both went to the Super Bowl. Um, the last time the Bills did that, you know, all kinds of numbers the Bills are setting. Oh, and the last time the Bills did this, they went to the Super Bowl. And I, I rattled off a stat earlier about the Bills in which back-to-back road games, uh, back-to-back road games in which they outgained their opponents by 250 yards or more. And like, so uh, Bills went to Denver last week, outgained them by 279 yards. Tonight, they go to Foxborough, they outgained the Patriots by 273 yards. First team to play on uh, in back-to-back uh, road games and outgained their opponent by 250-plus yards in both games since the Houston Oilers in 1961 like the bills are the real deal the metrics are starting to fall into place Diggs is unbelievable right now paul i mean you know they want to throw to him and he still is bringing in like double digit uh, receptions over 100 yards every damn week um the role players of the bills just everyone on the offense you mentioned the arsenal of wide receivers that they have it's you know you got to tip your cap to kansas city but the Bills are very lethal because they do have so many weapons. You got to worry about Diggs. You got to worry about Beasley. John Brown didn't even play due to COVID tonight. And then boom, then you got your Gabriel Davises, your McKenzies, your Mosses, your Singletaries. They do have a lot of skill position talent right now. You know, the important thing for the Bills is not the offense, it's the defense. Early on in the year, and I brought it up on your show. 
they struggled on defense. We remember the Ram game and a couple others. They had a couple cliches there against Miami as well. But they've really come together, and Tredavious White has been healthy. Poyer's been healthy. Uh, Matt Milano went out for a couple games. And as long as these guys stay in at Oliver Addison and those pieces and they keep them in place, they have been actually fortunate because most teams have sent four, five, six players to the IR. They have not. So right now they are peaking, and it's not always the best team that wins. It's the team that is peaking at the right time. Early on in the year, the Bills had some sloppy football and some bad losses. We remember the Tennessee game. Uh, I think it was on a Tuesday night, 42-16. to 16. They lost to the Chiefs. But in a way, it, that loss may benefit them because I, I think they were a little intimidated. It was wet conditions. And then they had a poor game against the Jets where they held on. The Jets were on the verge of possibly tying the game. But since that Seahawks game, and specifically I'm going to say since the Cardinal game, they've really ratcheted up their play. They beat the L.A. pretty easily. They beat the 49ers on a Monday night. And they've really distanced themselves from the rest of the AFC with the exception of the Chiefs. Uh, if they were a college football uh, team, they deserve to be in the playoff. The Buffalo Bills. All right, speaking of college football, we're going to get into some college football with Paul Bowlby. We'll see what the bowl madness he's come up with. George Kurtz is going to step up and then Indianapolis a little bit later on. Late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know about them. Keep it here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Look, we're not saying all the other sports talk networks are backward, but we're pretty sure they all have a favorite Yeehaw episode. Get on the grid. Yeehaw. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger management class. We're throwing it down to you here. Well, why is it every time we come in and out of a break right now, it sounds like a Metallica concert? Um, uh, we got to get to the bottom of this, uh, but nevertheless... God is uh, just testing my patience uh, this week and uh, this year, uh, I guess I should say, for like 50 years. Uh, Paul Bovey kicking it with us uh, right now. All right, uh, Paul, so uh, let's just blast through the Super Bowl futures and uh, then we'll get into the college uh, football. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are plus 190 to win the Super Bowl right now. No value on that. If you like the Chiefs earlier, I could have lived with it in in a 4-1 to range. Uh, But now... They're not invincible. There's no value at plus 190. Green Bay Packers are a tough-ass team, and they probably are going to end up with home field advantage, and it probably is going to be damn cold in Green Bay. 
and they're going to be tough to beat. And Paul, I brought it up earlier today. People talk about Aaron Rodgers all the time. Devontae Adams is amazing. Their offense is, you know, you know, whatever is incredibly efficient. You know, you saw AJ Dillon was running hard. They've got Jones, etc. But I think their defense is better than people realize. You know, they're secondary. They got playmakers. So they can shut down your cornerback. You know, their cornerbacks can shut down your wide receivers uh, if needed. I think Green Bay are the real deal. I'm not locking them in to go to the Super Bowl, but if, you know, the old, uh, you know, knife to back, gun to head right now, if you ask me who's going to win the NFC, I'd have to say the Green Bay Packers. Well, Gabe, I'm going to agree with you. And, and the important thing, critical thing with their secondary is, They've had players in and out of the lineup. You have to have Jair Alexander in there and Kevin King. And if those two guys are in there, the secondary becomes respectable. But the defense is not very good. But I'm going to bring up a point about future wages right now. A lot of people get sucked into this. And I remember last year I had a a kind of a, a friendly wager with someone because they were offering like 40 or 50 to 1 on the Titans. But if you roll over the parlay at this time of year, uh, you're better off just just playing your team and just parlaying the winnings into the next game. And nine times out of ten or better, you're going to end up better off by doing that and instead of taking uh, what, what the books want to uh, lure you into and yeah, by exploiting yeah. your uh, – unsophistication in terms of wagering because that's what it is you don't take future wages right now it just doesn't make any sense and by the way i want to throw out one team total that i already played it several times i gave out tampa bay last week over 30 and a half on monday it eventually went to 32 and a half they had it by halftime grab indianapolis at 31 and a half whatever it is because they may not make the playoffs uh, of course, their best shot is if Buffalo does beat Miami, but they're going to want to make a statement. And this Jacksonville team, who they lost to in week one, Phillip Rivers had his, probably his best passing performance, but they just kept turning the ball over. And, and they'll score whatever they want. They'll probably be in the high 30s to low 40s, and they'll go over the number. It'll sail over. Paul Bovey covers experts kicking it with us right now. Paul, uh, FanDuel has a prop up uh, right now, Super Bowl winning conference afc versus nfc afc minus 142 uh right now afc minus 142 do these uh do these afc nfc sort of matchups intrigue you when you look at the the potential super bowl matchup you know is is 142 a fair price to lay with the afc in your opinion i think it's a fair price but i more look at the totals because uh, I think if you ring in on either Kansas City or Buffalo making it, I'm not sure what the total is now, you have to feel as though if either of those two teams make it, it's mid-50s. So I'm not sure what the number is right now, but if it's 53 or less, you've got to go to the high side because the team that can hurt that 53 possibly is New Orleans. But if it's Green Bay they'll probably price it at 57 or 58. So I, I prefer going that direction as opposed to uh, laying sides on these uh, uh, AFC, NFC futures for the Super Bowl. 
Uh, Buffalo Bills right now are nine to one. So the updated Super Bowl odds: Chiefs plus one ninety, Packers plus five fifty, Saints plus seven fifty, Bills plus nine hundred, Seahawks eleven to one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and don't forget the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay uh, this year. And of course, just a, a quick side note: not that the Bills are there yet or anything, but that is where Scott Norwood missed the field goal. Just for the record, uh, so, I was there. <laughs> you were you were in the stadium for that game. <laughs> I I was in the stadium. Yes, and I almost sold my ticket outside to some girl for uh, actually traded it. I should say, and I'm glad <laughs> I didn't. That's. <laughs> Can we ask trade for what? <laughs> Some <laughs> okay. You can figure it out. You can figure it out. I swear to God. It was that, it was that good. And thankfully, I didn't do it because it was uh, it was a whale of a game, actually. You do, yeah, it was, yeah, do you remember, too? You said you never sold a ticket. That was the week, too. Imagine what a scandal this would be, guys, if this happened in today's day and age. But... A couple of New York Giant offensive lineman players got busted selling Super Bowl tickets Super Bowl week. And it was like no story at all, basically. It was like, it's like, God, oh, did you hear Jumbo Elliott and his buddy there? A couple of guys on the team sold tickets to undercover cops. Can you imagine like the scandal now if guys in the Super Bowl <laughs> were in the parking lot selling tickets? But the Giants did it. The Giants were like, yeah, whatever. And they, they weren't even like apologetic. Like I remember after he's like, whatever, dude, they're my tickets. And he goes, I don't have anyone to give them to. And he goes, so what? I sold them. <laughs> like they were like non-apologetic about it. That was Whitney Houston, the national anthem. You know, it's funny you talk right. about that. So, you know, um, I was in Hollywood. I watched that game in Hollywood. I was living in Hollywood, California, right behind Man's Chinese Theater. I'll never forget uh, that uh, that Sunday evening. I wasn't too pleased after that football game. Damn Otis Anderson. People talk about Scott Norwood. Whatever, bro, you know, you were there. The Bills couldn't stop the run. Anderson, over and over and over and over. And we've relived this a lot in the past, Paul, but that Jeff Hostetler, man, I don't know how the hell he hung on to that football when Bruce Smith hit him in the end zone. And Listen, it was right before, right before his, the half. I heard his bones creaking. I was that close to the field, and it was – Incredible. And look, the Bills actually had control of that game early on. And when you watch in the game, go, oh, this isn't going to be any contest. And by the way, I had the Bills team total over that game. And that field goal would have put me over by a half. So even though I was a Giant fan, I kind of had mixed emotions. I was happy <laughs> on one side, but on side, I was absolutely miserable. My wallet was miserable after that, courtesy of Scott Norwood, who, who went on to basically – uh, that was his exodus from the NFL that led to it anyway. Yeah, uh, people like uh, people like the story. Actually, our boy Venture says Paul passing up a dime piece for the Super Bowl. Strong, uh, strong. <laughs> Paul's Paul's memory of uh, of that game in in Tampa. All right, so Paul, college football, buddy. Uh, we're back at it tomorrow uh, with the cheese, the classics. Nothing but the classics and the best. The Cheez-It Bowl, great name, Cheez-It Bowl, Oklahoma State. I see Miami, Florida are now actually half-point favorites over Oklahoma State, total 61.5. Numbers come down, guys. We talked about Texas and Colorado actually just last night on the show, and Colorado are getting 9.5 now, 7.5, total 63.5. 
in that football game. Uh, we got Wake Forest and Wisconsin coming up. Um, that game's on Wednesday. Of course, Oklahoma gets uh, Oklahoma's laying three and a half to Florida, total 70 and a half uh, right now. Tulsa, two and a half point favorites against Mississippi State. What do you think about this week's bowl slate, uh, Paul? Well, I got one game for you, and I really like this game, okay? San Jose State Spartans end the year undefeated, and they take on Ball State. And I'm just going to tell you, this MAC conference this year, it's entertaining football, but defensively, absolutely awful. You know, Buffalo went off on Ball State. The quarterback, Van Treese, He's actually not very accurate, and he was 29-42 for 365. Then he goes against Marshall, and Marshall's best defensive player was out, and best defensive uh, player by a wide, wide margin. Had 16 tackles against that state, and Van Treese went 16-27 for 140 as they just held on. This Buffalo team is uh, was, was basically overhyped, and Ball State, who beat them, is way overhyped. They gave up five and a half yards of carry to Eastern Michigan on the ground. Uh, Peters and uh, his his backup uh, combined for 27-36 for 363. San Jose State actually won every single game by double digits. They're favored by nine, nine and a half, some places ten here. And they've easily faced better competition they faced Boise State. They held Boise State in the last three drives to one first down, beat them 34-20. to 20. They beat Hawaii handily, outgained them by 130 yards. Hawaii just came off a big win over Houston in the bowl game. Much better schedule, much tougher schedule, much better team. Uh, Starkle's going to basically light this secondary up. San Jose State scores at least 37 to 40 points and wins the game comfortably. We've had some movement uh, here as well. It was six and a half. Uh, the Spartans are now, now laying nine and a half uh, in this game against uh, Ball State. And, you know, we've been riding San Jose State. We've talked a lot about this football team a lot. And, I, you know, one thing, as you mentioned, I don't think people realize just how efficient their offense has been and beating teams down. You know, Boise State, double-digit win. Nevada, double-digit win. Uh, you know, on both on neutral fields, going to Hawaii when that was supposed to be their home game, uh, putting it up 35 there. Very impressive season. They've done a great job. Brennan's done a hell of a job uh, with this program. Uh, what a year for San Jose State. But it is nine and a half points uh, right now. We were talking earlier um, in the day about the uh, if you're going to watch this, so basically, we've got the New Year's Eve uh, Classic uh, this year. It's the, I'm calling it the Degenerate Special. Uh, it's the Lonely Heart Special. Arkansas versus TCU on on New Year's Eve. What do you have planned? Normally, I'm sure you're rocking with some lovely ladies um, like uh, in the Caribbean or something like this, Paul, on New Year's Eve. How is Paul Bowie going to be rocking into New Year's this year? Gabe, I just had a birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. But Gabe, I'm, I'm like, I'm warm milk and in bed by like, I watch the ball and I go to bed, wake up the next day and bet games. That's my life. Uh, I've had my fun in the sun. I look back. It's been great. But uh, I have my moments. Don't get me wrong, Gabe. 
uh, but uh, they're few and far between these days. I'll be in bed. <laughs> Paul Bowie's like, uh, he's like getting old. Goes to bed early, but he wakes up at like 5 a.m. He's ready to go, All right? We'll wrap up with Paul Bowie on the other side. Covers experts. You can find him. He's been drilling all year. Look forward to starting to talk NBA with Paul as well. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? <laughs> you do you, bro. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our goal is subtle. But profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class. They've been awarded a level one. George Kirst is going to step up. And then Pete Annapolis will join us as well. I'm just looking on StubHub uh, right now uh, for Super Bowl tickets. Being a Buffalo Bill fan, right? Got to better, better lock up those tickets uh, right now, but... For the record, there are no Super Bowl tickets for sale. There are none. There's going to be 20,000 tickets, but, you know, 10,000 of them are going to go to sponsors. Um, you know, they, they can't sell tickets for this. They can a bit, but it's got to be first responders and nurses and, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, even the, the, even the NFL. Uh, for the record, though, if you remember, we told people last week, Paul, how much? So just for the record, do you remember what you paid? What did you pay for the Super yeah. Bowl, the Bills and the Giants? What did you pay to get in? I paid $440 I put uh, per t- ticket. Wow. I put in an ad in the uh, New York Post. My first Super Bowl, which was the Giants and the Broncos, I paid $125. Uh, I w- I've been to probably 15, 16 Super Bowls. I can't even count them. I have these seat cushions. Like, they're all over the house at this point. And, uh, you know, obviously the prices have uh, went up, ratcheted up a little bit over the years. And it's I'm priced out of it right now, because when you pay one hundred and twenty five dollars to go out and pay two thousand or twenty five hundred, that's kind of tough. It's like laying 10 points when you could have laid six and a half like uh, San Jose State. Thankfully, I got some at seven. (laughs) Paul Bovey with us. That's great stuff, Paul. A hundred, great, great, man. 125 bucks. Yeah, I was thinking too, I used to be a uh, scalper. I used to sell tickets in the old days. And the Stanley Cup finals, I wasn't traded uh, favors for the ticket, but it was like the the deciding game. I knew that the cup was going to be decided, LA Kings and Montreal Canadiens. And I was offered 500 bucks for a ticket that I paid 35 bucks for. So imagine. I paid $35 for a Stanley Cup Finals uh, ticket in 1993. Paul Bowlby covers experts uh, with us. Happy New Year, Paul. Happy New Year, game. Stay safe, buddy. Bring it. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.